Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. I don't know whether you're at all like me, but I'm a bottom line person. Uh, I used to be an accountant, and invariably, when I'd be uh, showing somebody the numbers or figures from their account, uh, they'd always ask, what's, get to the, what's the bottom line? You know, have I lost money or am I making money? Give me the bottom line. And I'm going to answer a bottom line question this morning that I hope that at some time in your life that you have asked, or if not, that you will ask. And that bottom line question is this. What on earth am I here for? Why on earth am I here? It's a great question that I believe deserves a great answer. And if you haven't asked that, I want you to ask that question now. Why on earth am I here? Often, perhaps you've done this before, but I, I'm a bit weird, I know, but I, I like to go to graveyards because I look at the dates and I think, wow, like there's some, some graveyards where I've been to in America where some of the founding fathers were in America that have got like dates like 15-something, 16-something on the tombstone and, you know, the gnarly-looking old tombstone. It's all like got mold all over it and uh, it just looks old and it's wore out. But then you look at the names and then you see the dates and somebody said once that your whole life is reduced to the dash between the dates. You got 1780 to 18-whatever and, and, and there's a dash in between there, and that whole that little dash represents your whole life. What was that about? Why, why on earth did I live? I think that's a great question and deserves a great answer, and God gives us throughout scriptures a great answer. And so we're going to focus in on really what I believe is the answer to that question more than perhaps any other answer. There is a, uh, a group of people, mainly uh, a group of people who don't believe in God. I call them atheists, but and if you're here and you're one of those people, you're welcome here. Like, you know, we don't turn anybody away, and, I, and I, I, I'm happy that you've attended church, but perhaps you're one of those people. But there, there is a, a larger and larger segment, it seems like, in Western society that, well, they don't believe in God. And I think one of the reasons for that is if there is no God, then there is no judge. And if you follow that train of thought all the way through, if there is no judge, well, then there's no judgment. And following even further, if there, if there is no judgment, then there's no consequence. And, and the outcome of that is this. Why am I here? Why on earth am I here? Well, just to do whatever feels good. And that's what I'm going to do. If it feels good, do it. The consequences of that whole outlook have been permeating through society and the world today to the point where we just see things that are pretty unbelievable. There is no constraint. There's no right, there's no wrong. 
There's nothing stopping you from virtually doing anything that you want except perhaps legal or criminal consequences. But that's about it. If you can get away with it, life, what's that about? It's baby, it's, it's grabbing for all the gusto, all the desire, all the feeding of my flesh. If it feels good, I'm going to do it. And that fruit in society is what the world has fed itself on to the point where we don't have to look far, but there's a toxicity. You eat poison, you get poisoned. And that's why we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, because the fruit that God has for us to feed the nations, we're talking spiritual food now. It's not the poison, the toxic stuff that they've been eating and it's our responsibility to grab a hold of purpose, not to throw our hands in the air and basically say, well, there is no purpose. In fact, the true atheist would go, why do you even need a purpose? There's no purpose, and I don't feel that I need one. And if you need one, you're a very weak person, et cetera, et cetera. That argument and the outcome of that has poisoned societies all over the planet, including ours. And I hate to say it, but in a way, it's very, very strong in a lot of churches as well. It's all about me. <laughs> That's what life is about. Look, I've been there. I've gone after money. I've gone after let's just travel. I've gone after entertainment. I've been to a lot, you know, a lot of rock concerts and seen a lot of castles and a lot of different places, been on cruises, nothing wrong with any of that. But it's not the purpose. It doesn't answer the question, why on earth am I here? It's not going to answer the question, what does that little dash mean, mean in my life between the dates? I've had probably the most unusual season in my life. And I don't say this at all for sympathy, please understand me, but the last couple months, maybe even less, I've lost four uh, of my closest relatives, two cousins that were very, very dear to me, one younger than me, in fact. Uh, my favorite uncle and my dad passed away this past week. Uh, so that dash is very relevant as I think about those lives who, not that, far, not that long ago, I was talking to them, mainly on the phone, having conversations, all four of them knew Jesus Christ. All four of them are in heaven, probably having a get-together right now. I'm very blessed to know that. My dad came in late, late in his late 80s. He got saved because somebody dared to sit next to him in a shopping mall who was 84 and led my dad to the Lord. And, and so our conversation shifted very dramatically from just talking about money and Ford Motor Company and his career and all the rest of it to very much in tune with what God wants to do and talking about scriptures and his giving and everything else changed when he got saved. Why on earth am I here? Was a question that he asked and he got an answer for that toward the end of his life. And I, I just want to encourage all of us to know that there is a reason for us being here. And it's not to follow in suit with, with society 
and feeding our flesh to the point where, where, you know, there's not enough entertainment, there's not enough channels, Disney, Fox, uh, Netflix, whatever, whatever, Prime, you know, HBO, all of that, like constant. And what's on most of that, it's not good stuff. I'll, I'll be honest, it's entertaining, but, you know, lots and lots of documentaries on serial killers. So somebody will watch that and know everything about who killed a whole bunch of people and feeding on that just constantly, feeding and regurgitating the toxicity of society. That's not the answer to life's biggest question that we need to ask. Wake up. So this series, I hope, is a wake-up call for all of us to get with the purpose that God has put us on the planet. I'm a bit passionate about it. I, I, I don't hide that. I believe that we should be passionate about that. To not ask that question and to not get an answer as a Christ follower, I, I think borderlines on just neglect. It's very, very neglect, neglectful. But when you get an answer and you know why, well, then the what will fall in line, but also the responsibility. But these fruit of the Spirit are not optional. They're things that we need to look at. Psalm 1, and uh, starting with verse 1, it says, Blessed is the person or the man or the woman that walks, and I'm quoting out of King James, but it'll come up. The, one that, the person that, that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands, nor, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. You'll see the NIV. But his or her delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law, he or she meditates day and night. So what is the outcome of that? Let's just read that. I'll switch over to, to NIV, which I haven't memorized it in, but I think it's, it's a pretty good translation of that. <laughs> Whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. That's the word of God. That person, here we go, verse 3. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. Now, we're going to see that tree was in the garden way back in Genesis chapter 1 and, and at the beginning of the book, and that tree is right there in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. In Revelation 22.2, it talks about the tree of life giving fruit, and the leaves are healing to the nations. God is into trees because they bear fruit. That person's like a tree planted. You know, there's a lot in that, but if you're not planted somewhere, you're not going to grow. Pot plants don't grow real big. Anybody know that? The roots have to get down into the soil, which means you've got to stay put through offenses, through obstacles, through opposition, through discouragement, through people stabbing you in the back or whatever people do. It's, it's a tree that's planted that says, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not moving. God's put me here. That's where I want to be and I want to grow to bear fruit, which yields its fruit in season. Now that fruit can be good or God or that fruit can be evil or bad. And whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do, I love this, you do what God says, whatever that person does shall prosper. Not so the wicked. They're like chaff. The wind blows them away, and therefore the wicked will not stand the judgment. Yes, there is a judge because there is a God. There is judgment coming. We will all be judged, the righteous and the unrighteous. 
nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Why on earth am I here? God's first commission to his first human beings on the planet, Adam and Eve, his first commission was this. He gives the purpose, and the purpose hasn't changed. He said this, be fruitful and multiply. The purpose of why am I here, the answer to that question, you are here to bear fruit and to multiply. Now, some of us multiply through having children. Uh, that's one type of multiplication, but there's a lot of ways to multiply, but God wants the fruit of your life his fruit to multiply, and we'll look at why that is in a moment. But So this series that we're doing uh, on the fruit of the Spirit, I, I am so much looking forward to unpacking the, the nine different fruits, start with love and joy and peace and gentleness, kindness, meekness, long-suffering. All of these fruit of the Spirit are things that need to be in our life. So why is fruit such a big deal to God? Well, number one, if you're taking notes, Fruit is a big deal to God because it identifies who you really are. Matthew 7, 17 says this, Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. No matter how much you fake it till you make it and you uh, look good to your friends or whatever your motives are, whatever you do, eventually the fruit that comes out on you, the tree, is going to either be good or bad, God or not bad, not, not God, and, and it's going to identify who you really are. We have bananas over here. Somebody can say, oh, it's a banana tree. You might go, oh, it doesn't look like a banana tree, but we're going to find out because if this grows on it <laughs> or uh, avocados grow on it, it's not a banana tree. It's an avocado tree or it's uh, something else, an orange tree. The fruit identifies what the tree is. And so why, why is God so interested in fruit? Because the fruit identifies the type of tree that you really are. Number two, your fruit displays the goodness of God, or your lack of it. It's really hard to convince people of the reality of what we preach and why we go to church and the whole message and what we say that we believe if there's no fruit. That's what they're looking at. Those people that you work with, you can try all that you want to preach to them and try to get them to church or do whatever, but the main, th the main reason that they're going to believe or not believe is they're going to look at the fruit of your life. Do you have love? Do you have joy? Do you have gentleness, kindness? How do you, how do you behave when situations change and, and, and situations are, are toxic in that work environment that you're in? They're going to look at the tree. They're going to look at your fruit. That's why fruit is so important. And, and why God's so interested in fruit. What is, what is the fruit that's on display in your life? John 15, 8 says this. It says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. What's the result? Showing yourselves 
to be my disciples. The inference here, flip it around, is that if you're not bearing any fruit, or if the fruit is bad fruit, well, you're definitely not following Jesus, and why would people want to hear what you have to say about God and get saved and everything else? Fruit displays the goodness of God. Number three, your fruit is what feeds others. You don't see a tree reach up with a branch and eat itself. Ain't going to happen. The fruit of my life, it's not about me. The other fruit that is, is mentioned in Scripture, the, the bad stuff, is where the tree is all about me. The tree's not about you. The tree is you. And, and the fact that that tree is growing fruit means that that tree wants to bless other people. What's the purpose? Uh, why on earth am I here? To be a blessing to the nations. When God ordained Abraham and commissioned him, he said to Abraham, go into all the world. Why? So that in you, Abraham, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. You're going to go bear fruit, and that fruit is for other people to eat, to see and taste and see that the Lord is good. My God is good. How do you know? Because the fruit is good fruit. I can taste it. It looks good, but it also tastes good and it feeds people. Genesis 1:29. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth. That's what he said to Adam. And every tree that has fruit with seed in it, that's pretty important too, isn't it? They will be yours for food. Revelation 22, at the end, down the middle of the great street, the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life. What's that tree? I'm looking forward to seeing that. Bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. So let's go to Galatians chapter 5. And this is where we're going to be for the next nine weeks. We won't go very far into this right now, but Galatians 5 starts in verse 16. Paul's writing, and he says this, he says, So I say, walk by the Spirit. Same thing that, that David said in Psalm 1. Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't stand in the path of sinners. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. But your delight is in the law of the Lord. In that law you meditate day and night. I say walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires. Notice it doesn't call these the fruit of the flesh. It says you'll not gratify the desires uh, of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. These things are not friends. The flesh and the spirit, your selfish desires, and the fruit of the spirit are not bodies. They're not pals. They don't get along together. They're contrary. And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Oh, just do whatever you want. That's the purpose of life. Just if it feels good, as long as you don't hurt anybody else, if it feels good, do it. And there's no God, there's no judge, there's no judgment, there's no consequences, so we might as well, because we've erased God from our vocabulary, from everything in society. We take him out of the equation. Therefore, we're not going to get judged. Therefore, you are free, baby. Just go for it. Well, you don't, do whatever you want, Paul says. 
Look at the fruit from following Jesus. This fruit is not about living for yourself. This is to feed the nations. Verse 19. This is the, the fruit, the desires. To, it says the acts of the flesh, what's being fed to humanity on the planet, are obvious sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. Debauchery just means extreme indulgence in bodily pleasures, especially sexual. So you flick on whatever pay TV or free TV or whatever, whatever. What, what's it full of? All this stuff here. It's what's feeding your children. It's what's feeding your neighbors. It's why neighbors don't even know each other anymore. They're too busy feeding off of that. And, and, and it's what feeds society and why society is such a mess. Look at this. Idolatry, verse 20, it lists these things. Idolatry, so oh, I, don't, I don't believe in that. It's not part of our thing. Just look at anything that you worship, anything that has your attention more than God is an idol. And witchcraft, Rebellion is witchcraft, the scripture says. So don't think, it's, oh, I don't have a hat and fly around on a broom. If you are a rebellious person, you are practicing that. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, all, all of these things are alive and well in most churches. Discord, jealousy. <laughs> Somebody else gets blessed, they're prospering. Yeah, but I know how they got that money. They didn't earn it like I did. Jealousy, fits of rage. Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. If the fruit on your tree is this, you are kidding yourself. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. Why would you? It's a big question. Verse 22. And I love this, and this is where we're going to camp. But the fruit of the Spirit, Spirit with a capital S, because it's the Spirit of God, is love and joy and peace, forbearance. We're going to unpack all of these, like I said, so I'm not going to go into them in detail. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I guess so. Are you going to get pulled up by the traffic cop because you got too much love? I, oh, woo, 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 what am I being pulled? You're too kind. Just let, I'm, just, I'm going to send you off with a warning right now, but, you know, what are you... Aren't you upset? No, i got peace. You're too peaceful. I'm going to write you another ticket for that one. Gentleness, kindness, meekness, all, all, all of these fruit of the Spirit. There's no law. In other words, indulge yourself. Indulge yourself in God. Let the Spirit of God flow through you and produce these things on the tree. Look, if you're here this morning, and we will at the end take an honest inventory and go, okay, each week, I want us to look and go, okay, how, 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 much, how much love fruit have I got on the tree? And you can be honest, and God will make you honest. <laughs> Just ask him. He'll say, needs a bit of improvement. Okay. You can do something about it. That's, that's the beauty 
of this message. It's not over, Red Rover. The, the date after the, after the dash, it, you're here. That date's not on the tombstone right now. You're still alive. You ask that question, why on earth, why on earth am I here? Well, the answer is to bear much fruit, to bless people so that your life is a blessing to the nations. That's purpose. You don't even need anything more than that. For so long, church, churches and Christianity, it's all, it's all performance-based. This is not about performance. This fruit flows out. It's a natural consequence of spending time in the Spirit of God and letting, letting God have His way in your life so that when God says, no, don't watch that, you don't watch it. When God says, I want you to take that time and meditate in my word, spend some time with me, go for a long walk and, and pray. And many of you do, you're champions in this. And I know I'm preaching to the choir in a lot of areas, but God, God wants so much fruit in your life because he wants to feed the nations. He wants people to get saved and, and, and looking at you, will they or won't they? Do they walk up to your tree at work? Do they walk up to your tree at the family gathering? Do they walk up to you and go, I just want to hang out with you. You got something going on. I don't know what it is, but you're the kindest person I know. Fruit. You know, I notice that you don't judge. Like, I'm stuffed up, and you, 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 you never judged me. You never posted anything on Facebook or Instagram or any of these things. You never mentioned it. You're so kind. You're so patient with me. What is that about you? Well, I can share some things with you about that. We're not out there preaching, hammering people, beating people up. The thing about the fruit, inspect your own fruit. Don't be a fruit inspector of somebody else's. Oh, I understand you can identify somebody, you'll know them by their fruit, but it doesn't mean that you got to be concentrated on oh, their fruit, you know, and telling everybody oh, their fruit. Oh. No, look at your own life. Ask the real question that needs to be answered. Why am I here for? And start to ask God, how can I increase the fruit of love? How can I increase the fruit of kindness and joy and all patience and all of these things? God, help me to spend more time with you so that they will know I've been spending time with God. There is a God. There's no legal limit. Verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, not walk in the counsel and step with the ungodly. Let us, become, let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. If you've got that growing on your tree, identify it, and let God deal with it. I, I would make a lousy farmer. I, I have never grown anything inside or outside except a weed. And you can take the word A off before weed. And I was pretty good at growing a weed. <laughs> my, my weed Yielded a lot of fruit. Let me just put it that way. I wasn't saved in the day. <laughs> but you know, there's something about weeds. They just grow by themselves. You can just leave it. You'll get lots of weeds. But when I purposely tried to grow something good, I tried to grow a pineapple once. I thought, just cut the top off the pineapple. 
Stick it in the dirt, it'll grow a pineapple. It never did, it just rotted and died. Even the stuff people sell, this is easy. You don't have to do anything with this plant. The plant died every time. I'm just a lousy farmer. When I read about this fruit of the Spirit, like, God, you got to be kidding me. Like, everything I touch dies. I don't have a green thumb. I've got a poisonous thumb. It's going to die. So what, what hope is there in my life to produce all this fruit that you're talking about? Well, thank God that you don't have to do anything. You just have to abide in Him. It's not based on doing. This sermon's not going to be about 10 jumping jacks and all these, you know, counting beads or doing whatever you're doing. It's like, no, sit down, shut up, and let God move through you and let God speak to you and let God show you when you're interacting with people that that God will show you how to be kind in unkind situations. God will show you how to forgive and how to love people that nobody else wants to do it. But you'll be able to do it because the Spirit of God, these are fruit of the Spirit, not fruit of the flesh, not based upon your effort. Work it up and and, and beat it up and everything else. The fruit of the Spirit means that you're going to let God do something through you. So when I read this, I realize that God's way of farming is so different. He's the master farmer. And I want us to, we're going to, I have to stop here in a moment, but God spoke this into my spirit as I was preparing for this. Because it's so easy to get on your high horse about stuff, and so many of us do. But he said to me, he says, don't judge them, feed them. Don't judge the nations. Sure, they're doing the wrong thing, but who's Who's showing them the right way? They're like children. They've gone astray. Don't judge them. Don't get angry and upset and start pointing your bony finger. There's enough people doing that. God doesn't need anybody else. Start to feed them. You know, they say this, and it's true. If you don't want a cat, don't feed a stray cat. Because that cat will come around. You will never get rid of that cat. We had a cat that we fed because it looked homeless. It was meow, skinny little mangy looking thing from the neighborhood. Worst mistake ever. Was putting a little bowl of milk or something out there for Kitty. That was the end of it. The cat would we'd lock up everything. The cat would make its way up the balcony outside of our bedroom when we're trying to sleep. Meow, meow. It sounded like a baby crying. It was the worst thing. I took the cat and I drove away. This is a confession. (laughs) I took the cat, got it in the car, (laughs) and I drove it a long way away from our house. You know, within a day, that thing was back. Somehow, I prayed. Somehow, God answered my prayer. The cat got run over. I didn't do it. I know, it's terrible. I know. I didn't do it. So, but it knew. God knew the cat's keeping me up. And so that's the end of it. Well, next week we're going to look at how do I have a fruitful life. We're going to look at how to have a fruitful life. I'd like you to stand with me if you wouldn't mind. I know, it's probably my last day of being your pastor. Our pastor hates cats. I like cats. I love cats. I didn't kill the cat, okay? 
Well, my whole point of the cat's story is this. If you feed it, whatever you feed, and, and if you've got fruit on your vine, on your tree, people are going to come to eat. Are you repelling people or are they attracted to you because of the fruit that you're growing? So, so right now, there are, in Scripture, there, there are at least three people that are identified. Those that bear no fruit, chaff just blows, blows it away. Those that bear some fruit, got some fruit going on. Some of these nine got, got a you know one out of ten going on. And then there's those who bear much, much fruit. And I would like to think that as we think about our purpose, why on earth am I here? That we would at least understand that Jesus said, you are here to feed the nations and to bear much fruit in your life. There is no law. There's no limit. There's nothing forbidding. I'm encouraging that. You can go for broke with this. So as we pray, I just want us all to make a decision. And that decision needs to be based on the truth. We did a sermon last week about the truth. Where do I start? Start with the truth. I'd like you to get real right now and think for a moment about the fruit of the Spirit. I know maybe you haven't read Galatians 5, but love and joy. And think, do I have that fruit flowing in my life? How quick do I indulge in conversations called gossip? How, how envious am I if somebody else is doing really good? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. How quick am I to forgive? How, how generous am I giving out, being a giver, not a taker? And if the answer to that is, I can improve, you're in the right, right place. If you would just be honest enough to go, I, I can improve in some of these areas. Not, well, I got it all together. I think my, I score 100 out of 100 on every one of those fruit. Well, if that's you, I'll follow you, and you can be the pastor of the church. I <laughs> uh, doubt very much. I think we can all step it up a bit and let the Spirit of God have his way in our life. Amen? So as we ask that question throughout the week and then following into when we look at each one of these fruits, we're going to ask basically the same question. Is there room for improvement? And then I'm going to show you how that you can improve in each uh, of these areas so that at the end of your days, you can go, I know why I was on planet Earth. I know why on Earth I'm here. And it's to bear fruit, but it's to bear much fruit. And the nation's because I was here, people got fed the goodness of God and they glorified my Father in heaven because what they saw on the tree of life. Amen? Well, Father, I thank you right now for each person here. I thank you, Jesus, for those that are watching and perhaps you're here right now and you've never asked Jesus into your, into your heart, you've never made him the Lord of your life. How, how do I do that? You'd say it's very, very simple. You just ask him into your heart. 
So if you want to pray this prayer with all of us right now, and I'd like you to pray it out loud. You, everybody can close their eyes right now and just get intimate with God. And say this after me. Jesus, I give you my life. I make you my Lord. Help me to bear much fruit, to know why I'm here. And I thank you right now for empowering me. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.